0: So today Jesus asks us a question. Yes, he asks all of us a question as he asked his apostles today. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that he is? This is a big question that we need to ask ourselves. Who do I say that Jesus is? Because the answer to that question will really shape the image that you have of yourself and of your life. It shapes your entire world view, you could say. It gives meaning and purpose to your life. Now you've all answered that to some degree because you're here in church at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning and you could all be sleeping in, or playing golf. But you're here, so you've already felt called by God, to some degree. But I think that the Lord wants to awaken us to the fact, to the truth, that there's always more, to this answer. In other words, there's more to him than meets the eye. And there's more to you and your life than you're probably aware of. I'm reading a book right now called 40 Weeks. It's learning about sacred story prayer written by a Jesuit, Father Bill Watson, co-authored by Bob Schutz. Some of you might know Dr. Bob Schutz, the founder of the John Paul II Healing Center in Tallahassee, Florida. He's come up to Michigan before, and he's coming again this week. In fact, he'll be at Our Lady of Good Counsel down in Plymouth from Wednesday through Saturday. And so... In this book, 40 Weeks Sacred Story Prayer, Father Bill, a Jesuit, is telling the story in the beginning of St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits, and how Ignatius himself, for the first 30 years of his life, was pretty much asleep, so to speak. He was not aware of the sacredness of his life. Sure, he was a baptized Catholic. Grew up in Catholic Spain. But he was pretty oblivious to how God wanted to be known to Ignatius, to himself, and how he had a real plan for his life. And then... He literally had his leg shattered in battle because he was a soldier. And through his convalescence, the Holy Spirit really began to work on him. And he felt a call. He felt inspired to follow the example of St. Francis of Assisi in particular and St. Dominic, He felt called to be a saint. He was awakened. He was made aware of the sacredness of his life and the sacredness of every human life. And it took him a while and he had a lot of, it wasn't like instantaneous conversion. It doesn't happen that way. But he made a decided effort. He made a firm decision To seek the Lord Jesus with all of his heart, mind, soul, and body. To do God's will for his life. As Jesus was pointing out to us today at the end of the gospel, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Well, Ignatius was trying to save his own life. He was trying to save himself. He was trying to make himself happy through his own selfish pursuits. That's basically what Jesus is saying here. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. So Ignatius actually started to believe that God wanted to make him happy. Ignatius started to believe and to trust that God actually wanted to make him happy and had a plan for that. He had a plan for that happiness and that he was going to communicate that plan to Ignatius day by day. He wasn't going to spell it all out for him, but rather he was going to teach Ignatius how to trust in the Lord, and not so much in himself. Father Bill Watson says that he was really very narcissistic, very self-centered and absorbed in himself, like we all are to some degree. And so it took the Lord a long time to teach Ignatius how to not be so focused on himself and so self-absorbed and how to be absorbed by the goodness and the truth and the beauty of God. So I just share that with you, because I think we often sell ourselves short. Oh, I'm no Saint Ignatius, or I'm no Saint Andrew, or Saint Therese, or Saint Faustina, whoever might be one of your favorite saints. Well, you're not. That's true. (laughs) You're you. And God has a special plan for you. Emma and John are servers today. It's Emma's first time, by the way. She's doing a great job, isn't she? Thanks, Emma. (laughs) So God has a special plan for each and every one of us. He wants to be known, brothers and sisters. And I myself was oblivious to this for the first 20 years of my life. I never thought about being a priest. I never thought God had a plan for my life, a particular plan, a personal plan for me. Jason Brooks, come on, give me a break. But then it hit me. I was 20 years old when it hit me. I was a sophomore in college, playing Division III college football in, in Ripon, Wisconsin, the cultural mecca of the Midwest, don't you know? I think there was one traffic light in that town at the time. And I always thought I was gonna you know, get married, have a family. I wanted to teach and coach high school football. And I was just thinking about those plans one night When all of a sudden I thought, well, you know, if I were a priest, then it would be my duty to teach the truth and help kids all the time. Oh, maybe I should be a priest. I was like, who said that? Where did that come from? But like Ignatius, kind of, I said to myself, that was such a crazy thought. It had to have come from God. And sure enough, I tested it, I pursued it, I was drawn by it, I was attracted to it. It was inspiring, it was invigorating, it was life-giving. And the next year I joined the seminary. 10 years after that, I was ordained a priest. And that was almost 17 years ago when I was ordained a priest in Rome, of all places, at Santa Maria Maggiore. If you've been to St. Mary Majors, anybody? Been to St. Mary, all right, awesome. Yeah, that's where I was ordained. Would I have guessed that when I was John's age? No. I was an altar server, by the way. And no doubt, God was planting seeds and watering seeds all along. My family went to Mass every Sunday. But I wouldn't have guessed that God had such a radical plan for my life. Now, obviously, (laughs) you're not all going to be called to be missionaries or, you know, nuns or anything like that. But God does want to have a very personal relationship with you, a friendship. And I was oblivious to that, too but he wants to be known. And so it just takes a little time, like any relationship, right? Think about your best friend. Who's your best friend? Who are you close to? Think about that. Who are you close to? Who really knows you? Who do you know? Well, how did that happen? You spent time together, right? You talked, you walked, you sang, you danced, you cooked. Went to football games together. I'm a Packer fan, by the way, sorry, I'm a cheesehead. And you, you fell in love with that person, perhaps. Maybe you married him, right? Maybe you went through a lot of trials and tribulations together. Anybody ever watched Band of Brothers, the HBO miniseries? Band of Brothers? Yeah. Powerful. About a group of soldiers who fought together in World War II. And they would interview the guys at the beginning of each episode. Not the actors the guys who actually fought the fight and who survived together. And you could just see the love and the respect that they had for each other because of all that they had gone through together. Well, Jesus, in choosing to go to his cross, was trying to communicate to us, I'm all in. Not only did he become one of us, but he even embraced our life in all of its ups and downs and joys and sorrows and sufferings, even death, even death. But he rose and he is risen. Amen? And that is the source of our hope. Jesus Christ is our living hope, and we all need hope, perhaps now more than ever, right? We all need hope. We all need something to live for, and what Jesus wants us to know is, I am worth living for like nothing else. Like nobody else, I am worth living for. I'm even worth dying for. How about that? I'm even worth dying for. However, it's a death that leads to life. It is not a hopeless kind of death. It's a death to sin and selfishness and pride and all that stuff. And it's a way to life and happiness and love, and joy, and peace, and rest. That's what Jesus is offering us. That's who he is. That is who he is. And we can hear that. But I guarantee you, the Lord wants you to experience it every day. That doesn't mean you have to come to Mass either every day. I mean, that would be great. I know not everyone can do that. But in your own prayer time, in your own prayer time, you can open up your heart. You can invoke the Holy Spirit to come. Very simple. You can go to the scriptures. You can take a walk in nature. And God will speak to you. God will infuse you with his love and his peace and his joy, all of his gifts, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, piety, awe and wonder. He'll fill you up. You will get to know him. And you will appreciate how he knows you and how he cares for you. How he knows everything about you. All he's looking for is the opportunity. How is it that I even heard that calling? When I was 20 years old, it happened to be Lent. And for my Lenten resolution, I was inspired by a classmate who happened to be a cute girl in my class to start praying every day. I started praying every day, just a little bit. And God took advantage of that. I like to say he was like a sniper. And he was just waiting for the door to open. And as soon as I opened it a little bit, boom, he pulled the divine trigger. And the Holy Spirit hit me right between the eyes and woke me up. Don't be afraid, brothers and sisters. Don't be afraid to be awakened by God, to be surprised by God. It's not easy, that's for sure. What the Lord is going to ask of us requires a kind of death to ourselves, but like I said, it's so that we can actually have a happier life, a freer life. For freedom, Christ has set us free. How many of you right now live in fear of something, are angry about something, are bitter about something? Yeah, we all are, because we're human. You can raise your hand, it's okay. We all struggle with that stuff. Some more than others. Depression, anxiety, whatever. The Lord wants to set us free from all of that. And as we experience his love, his mercy, his divine mercy, more deeply, more personally, we are set free. We are filled up with his divine life. That's what he wants for all of us. That's who he is. So let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us say yes to Jesus, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen.